Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Meadowview Weekly Sermon Podcast. We're a church who seeks to grow in Christ, gather in community, and go in obedience to the Great Commission. All right, good morning, church. Is Jesus your testimony? Amen. Amen. What a good morning. Uh, If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter 1. We're going to continue through the series that we began last week in Galatians called No Other Gospel. But real quick, let me kind of go over some uh, announcements with you. Again, I'd like to reiterate uh, what Katie said. What a wonderful week we've had of ministry here at at Meadowview. Uh, We had several people come in on a rainy, rainy Wednesday, and you showed them the love of Jesus, and you gave away candy. So I just want to applaud you for being, uh, being an awesome church. Uh, You really are. Also, this weekend, we had a youth retreat weekend, and uh, Jonathan, great job leading the the youth this weekend. They they look a little tired. I asked them, how many of you are going to fall asleep this morning while I'm I'm speaking? And like half of, yeah, there you go. There they are. There's the hands raised. You'll see how many of them. But let's see if they remember. Why are you running? That's right. Because he chasing me. That's what. That's what I spoke on last night. Because he chasing me, and that's the truth. Uh, The truth is that... uh, as Spurgeon said it this way, God is the hound of heaven and he always sniffs out his man. He is chasing after us and we are saved by his grace. It's a free gift of God given to us because he pursued us. He pursued us so much that he sent his son, his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to earth so that we could know the love of Jesus. He is chasing you. Uh, why are you running? They're already asleep. Did you see that? That was that fast. They were awake for that one moment. Um, again, uh, you might have noticed coming in that it's November, and we just could not wait to get the Christmas decorations out. And so uh, many of you are the same. I know. You've already put your trees up. But we do have a Christmas mission offering that's out there. There's a Christmas tree with different ornaments on it. And for our Christmas mission offering this year, we're going to do two things, uh, locally and globally. Locally, we provide around 45 bags of groceries every single week to kids at a local school. And so uh, in August, we had a pack night, and you might have remembered that, where we packed 600 bags of groceries for the year. Well, the good news is we're going to be out of those bags by January. So we're going to have another pack night in January. So get ready, okay? So uh, the great thing about that is, is we're so excited to be sending these home, but we know that there's a two-week gap where uh, th- these, these kids will be going home, and we want to send them a Christmas dinner and some, and some extra. And so uh, those are $30. So you just take that ornament. It's a piece of paper, okay? But you take that ornament off the tree, and uh, you can put it on your tree. You can do whatever you want with it, and there's envelopes there, and that's, that's a way to give a Christmas offering, uh, mission offering. Another one is there's also ornaments out there, pieces of paper, uh, with, with a bed on them. And so we, uh, we team up with Shepherd's Heart International and, uh, in, in Kenya. They have an orphanage, um, and there's two empty rooms there. And uh, the Kenyan government has now recognized uh, this, this orphanage as an orphanage that they want to send kids in the system to, a Christian uh, orphanage. How cool is that? Well, there's not enough beds. And so there's two empty rooms, and so they could put 25 beds in each one. That's 50 beds at $75 a piece. That's also another way that you can give this Christmas because we have a team going. If you want to go and you want to be a part of that, talk to myself or Pastor Al, our missions pastor, and we are going to send that money so they can buy beds at Christmas. Isn't that cool? Why are you running? (laughs) Just seeing if you're still awake. Okay. All right. So... um, Last week, we learned this gospel grace is the free and unmerited favor of God. 
as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the sustaining work of God through sanctification. There's a free gift of God, and it is his grace, and it is his mercy bestowed on us. We did nothing to earn it. We did nothing to deserve it. I don't care how good you are and how well you follow rules. You did nothing to earn the grace of God. He just gave it to you. And so Romans says it this way in 5.8, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not while we were trying our best. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The great news is this. God's pleasure in you is not based on your performance for him. Rather, it is based on Christ's work on your behalf. Christ did the work. And the grace he gives is a free gift. So as we get into the rest of this chapter, chapter 1, Paul's going to give his testimony this morning. And uh, I want you to hear about a life that was changed by Jesus Christ. So let me pray for us, and then we'll read. Father, thank you so much for this morning. We love you dearly. God, you are a good God, and you do chase after us, and you, you call us by your grace. God, help us if we're running to stop. Help us to surrender. Help us to stop running from you. Stop going our own way. Father, we love you so much. We thank you so much for Christ Jesus who made a way for us. We thank you that you did the finished work. And we thank you for grace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if not, there should be a black hardback one there near you. That's an ESV. It's our gift to you if you would like to take it with you today. We're going to pick up where we left off last week in verse 10. Galatians 1, 10. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who had called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Verse 18. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, which is Peter. And remained with him 15 days, but I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And what I'm writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. This is God's word. Verse 15 there, I want to point it out to you before we start walking our way through this section of scripture. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace. What a, what a wonderful way to word it. Salvation, a saved life, is a called by grace life. He calls us into a right relationship with him. 
A saved life is a called by grace life. Philippians, Paul writes this in 2, 12b through 13. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I want to point out the fact that working out grace is not equal to working for grace. Working out grace is not the same as working for grace. Now, uh, many of you can tell that I go to the gym fairly regularly. Why are you laughing? That's, that's insulting. Okay, so uh, I do. I, fairly regularly, I go to the gym, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not making muscle. You don't have to say amen. Okay, I'm not making muscle there. I'm just using the muscle that God gave me, and it wasn't much. So he, he's, he gave me muscle, but I'm working it out. You don't go to the gym and make muscle. You, you go with what God has given you. God gave you grace in the moment that he called you. Now, as you walk through this life, you have to make different decisions because all of our lives are different. We have to work out our salvation, our grace, in different ways. You're going to be faced with different problems than I'm going to be faced with. You're going to be faced with different decisions and choices than I'm going to be faced with. And as we walk in this grace that God's called us, we have to work it out, but we're never working for God's grace. I want you to understand that because a grace changed, a grace called life is a changed life that lives for God's glory and not for man's approval. I wanted to step back another verse that we mentioned last week and just say this again because it's so important for us to understand verse 10 for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. If you're trying to please man, it's really hard to serve God and work out your salvation and your grace. Because people pleasers are pleasure seekers. People pleasers are pleasure seekers. It's actually idolatry to worship man's approval over, over to live out your grace and faith that God's given you. If our goal in life is to be liked, then we will not be faithful and fruitful Christians. Are you seeking to be faithful or to receive flattery? The reason I can say that the goal in life is not to be liked is because this is what Scripture says. In John 15, 18 through 19, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I, get this, chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. I called you by grace. Because I called you by grace, you no longer fit in. You're going to look a little bit different as you work out the grace that God has given you. 2 Timothy 3.12 says this, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Because God is working in you. And he's working in you for his good pleasure. Students, let me just tell you this. You need to work out your salvation. Work out the faith that you're owning is what you talked about this weekend. Own your faith. But you have to aspire to something more than being cool. If, if you're aspiring to fit in more than you're aspiring to live for God, you're going to miss it. The two don't go hand in hand. I got a lot of adults that would say amen to that. Amen. Adults, you got to aspire to being more than cool, Okay. <laughs> Some of you are like, gave up on that a long time ago. I bought a minivan, right? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and it was the best decision you ever made. Don't lie. You know. You know it was the best decision you ever made. Proverbs says this, 29, 25, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. The word fear here often means reverence, to stand in awe of, or to worship. It is hard to live a changed life for the glory of God by the grace of God when you are trapped and enslaved to the worship of man's approval. Do you understand that? People pleasers are pleasure seekers who are really just idolaters, worshiping man's approval. The second thing I want you to see is this. A grace-called life is a changed life that lives for God's glory, not for the former life. You've changed You don't live for the former life anymore. Things are different. This is what Paul says. He says, For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. Paul's like, look, I had a former way of life. I did not receive this gospel by man's teaching. The reason he didn't receive it is because he was taught it. It was revealed to him through the revelation of Jesus Christ when Jesus met him on the road to Damascus. He stopped him. He blinded him right there and said, Why are you persecuting me? Who are you? I'm the Lord Jesus. It's interesting that, I I just want to point this out to you, that Paul was persecuting the church. Jesus sees it as persecution of him. That's how closely tied the church and Jesus Christ are. When when you're facing persecution, when the world's coming against you, they're coming against Jesus because you are bought at a high price. You are his very own possession. Isn't that wonderful news? Our natural default um, of the human heart is work-based righteousness. We will naturally default back to a religious mindset of, I must do something for God to be pleased with me. I must achieve something, I must do something, I must participate in something for God to be pleased with me. That's man's gospel. Because man's gospel is religious rules for self-righteousness. Because if we can do it, we feel really good about ourselves. Look at what I did. God has to be pleased with me. He says this, verse 13. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism. God loves to save sinners. And he loves to give us a story to tell. Everyone in Christ has a testimony. I often say I pray for my kids to have a boring testimony. I don't want anything fancy in there. I want you to just have a nice boring testimony, right? Like don't mess up in life, just breeze right on through. The truth of that is there is no boring testimony when Jesus Christ changes your life. There's no such thing as a boring testimony. We all have a story to tell. In Luke 8, 38 through 39, a man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. What is your story? Do you declare how much God has done for you? Do you? God loves to save sinners. 
And, and I thought this would be a, a great moment for you to hear a testimony from a couple in our church. Hey, I'm Donnie Bright, and I'm here to give you my testimony of how God has, has saved me. Um, as a child, my mom, uh, we went to church on Sundays, on, on Easter Sunday, uh, pretty much only Easter Sunday. And through that, uh, she started putting me in the youth programs. I went to, to church camp, and uh, we went to Sunday you know, youth programs that the pastors would pick us up for. But uh, God never really, I didn't really grab on to, to God's word at that point. I was, I was still young. Um, so as I grew, I got a little wayward. Uh, when I got out of high school, I got into some trouble and I was pretty far from the Lord. All my friends were all gang members. Um, grew up in just, you know, poor side of town and, and there's a lot of gangs around. I was never affiliated with any, so me being the white guy, I could go and hang out with all of them. So it worked out pretty good. Well, through that, of course, I learned the, the life of being a criminal and got in some trouble. Um, ended up doing a couple years in prison. and. Uh, California penal system, they pretty much just teach you to be a better criminal and not so much rehabilitate you. So um, when I moved to Tennessee, I kind of hit the ground running with that. Um, started looking for Christians here at Lee University and trying to just convert them because I knew that there was no God and I wanted to teach all them the same thing and I was pretty successful at it for a couple years. Really wasn't walking in the right way. And uh, I can remember the day that I seen God for the first time. He uh, he spoke to me when my daughter was born, my daughter Jasmine. When she first crowned, I don't know what it was, something inside me just changed. And uh, I, like I said, I didn't know what it was, but looking back now that I've walked with the Lord a little bit, I know exactly who it was, it was him. So beyond that, I got into a leadership committee or a leadership uh, company where we were just going through and uh, went to these major uh, leadership conventions and part of it was Sunday the Head Church. So I stepped in because I was trying to learn how to be a leader to guide my family. I was lost, didn't know what I was doing. And, um, attending a, a church service there, God spoke to me and I stood up and I was saved right then. Um, come back home and I talked to my wife and said, hey, God, uh, Jillian, uh, I just accepted God as my savior. And she says, what do you want from me? And it's like, um, I don't know, stay tuned. <laughs> uh, so a couple years later, we decided that it was time for us to get married. Um, our officiant, his name was Clark Thompson. I owe so much of my life to him. Uh, he decided that he would marry us, but first we had to do some premarital counseling. And through that, it just it made sense to Jillian and she decided that she was gonna be saved as well. And so we were uh, walking forward and now our kids have all, uh, or the two older ones have been saved and I've dedicated the younger one. and. Um, God is good. Um, I've been able to see a lot of growth. Uh, my life isn't near as difficult as what it was before. Um, I can see that uh, I have a positive impact on a lot of people around me. I can see that, that I'm able to put a lot of good into people as, as I get out. Um, my marriage is fantastic. We used to fight a lot when we were younger, and now my marriage is fantastic. Um, we found out through a, a, a marriage retreat that we went through here at Meadowview that uh, as long as both of us are, are focused on God and growing toward God, we just automatically get closer together and it truly works. Hey everybody, my name is Jillian Bright and I've been a member at NBC for a while now. Um, Jeff had asked us to share our testimony. So um, I grew up in Southern California where there was a lot of gang violence. And so, of course, I was involved with uh, gang affiliation and, and um, grew up in a life that really didn't have Christ. Um, 
it wasn't until later on when my faith started to grow in my own heart where the dots were actually even connected between Christ's birth and Christmas. Um, we were really just taught to be good people and to treat people right. And the little religious influences, influences that I did have were Catholic. I see now that I was always seeking peace um, I grew up with a very chaotic life. The first half of my life, there was fighting and alcoholism and, and, um, a lot of violence. And then when I lived with, uh, my dad, it was passive aggressiveness and, and, um, nothing was really ever confronted and solved. So I was really taught just to do what made me happy. Um, so how that manifested was through, self-destruction it was through um drug use addictions on uh, many forms um for many years um it was through not valuing myself and my body and um not really knowing my own worth god really changed my path the night i watched my friend get shot five times but i guess the overall theme that I've noticed in my life is that God will deliver you. He delivered me from situations that I wasn't even seeking him yet. And he still delivered me from things that I should have died. Um, he delivered me from my own self-destruction. And he brought me to Tennessee where eventually I met Clark Thompson through the premarital counseling and his patience and his love and his willingness to answer all of my questions and all of my confusions in such a loving and peaceful way. He, I found Christ in his living room and I will forever be grateful for that. As long as you have Jesus in your heart and as long as you seek him every day, he will deliver you because he loves you. Thank you. Can we just praise God for what he's done? <clears throat> the power of our testimony speaks to others two important truths. The work of Christ and the change of life. There's two very important parts of a testimony. What Christ has done. Called by grace. The changed life. You can't claim a life-changing God without proof of a life change. It's one of my favorite quotes. Paul's former life represents the testimony of both the rebellious and the religious. The rebellious, for you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. The rebellion against God comes in many different forms and fashions. Many of us rebel for our own simple pleasures. We rebel against God to, to fight for our own way and our own wants and our own desires. Rebellion comes when we run from God. Why are you running? He does chase after us. And the religious. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among the people so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my father. Paul represents both rebellion and religion. In Philippians 3, 4-8, it says, 
Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, also if anyone else thinks that he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcision on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus my Lord. Whether rebellious or religious, it's all rubbish in comparison to knowing Jesus. Can I just tell you something? Some of you think you have a boring testimony because you've been raised in church. And some of you need to be saved from your religious ways. You know, Paul, he says, according to the law, I was blameless. He had memorized the first five books of the Bible. Do you get this? You can memorize scripture and still be lost. Still be far from God. You can be following all the rules that you've been raised in, in a southern Christian culture, and still be lost. Has there been a changed life? It doesn't matter if you can quote scripture if he hasn't written his word on your heart. It doesn't matter how much fun your sin is in this moment compared to knowing Jesus. You have confidence in your religious upbringing. You were dedicated before you were even out of the nursery. A Christian culture, you were raised in the Christian Bible belt. I mean, like in the buckle. You have Christian zeal. Good. You were in VBS, Awanas. You memorized scriptures. You got a vest. You got some pens. Uh, you went to youth camp. You went to Sunday morning Sunday school. And you got all the stickers next to your name for a solid month. Your Christian morality. You don't drink or smoke or chew or date girls who do. It's all rubbish compared to knowing Jesus Christ. Has grace called your name? Has he called you? out of rebellion, and has he called you out of religion? Has he called you out of simply following rules because you think it makes you right with God? It's all rubbish compared to knowing Jesus Christ. A grace-called life is a changed life that lives for the glory of God wholly, not for our purposes only. It says this, but when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says this, For, grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let me remind you of this. Working out grace is not the same. It's not equal to working for grace. You were saved by grace. Now you can participate in the works that God had beforehand for you. You can live a changed life. The former is gone. The new has come. I was pleased to reveal, he was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. God has a plan for your life. Are you ready to hear it? God has a purpose for your life that he planned beforehand that he was pleased to reveal to you. And it is to live in the grace of God and glorify God to all those you encounter. That's your purpose in life to tell your story. Tell how God 
found you, called you by grace, and changed you from a former life to newness of life. He was, pleased. he was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Here, literally, it means non-Jews. Gentiles is also referred to in Scripture as, as sinners. Those who don't know God, those who are far from God, this is your calling. Matthew 5.16, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. There's a purpose for your changed life is to be a light to a dark world so that those who are far from God would see the hope of Jesus Christ. Is the light of Jesus shining in your life in such a way that is contrary to your former life that people are coming to know Jesus? That is God's purpose and plan for your life. So what is the goal of your newness of life? Is it behavior modification or is it Christ glorification? A lot of us want to use God to be a better person. But we never want to let God use us to glorify his name among the nations. It's far, far deeper than I'm a better person because of Jesus Christ. No, I'm a new creation. I've been made new. We must allow God to use us for his will, purposes, and glory rather than us use him to simply be a better person. So I'm going to close with these questions. What is your former way of life? Did Jesus, and Jesus did it all. All you can do is only repent and receive his grace. Have you done that? What's your former way of life? Have you repented? Have you received Jesus? Can you point to a time where Jesus changed your life, not just a time where you repeated a prayer? Can you really point to a time where Jesus changed you? It was that moment. And I was never the same. Can you see the evidence of Jesus in your life? Has he changed you? Here's the good news, the gospel. Jesus promises that you can leave here different than you came in. Today, if you hear his voice, do not turn away. Why are you running? Some of you need to know that. God's chased you here this morning. He's brought you to a point where you would hear the gospel that it's not how good you are that earns you favor with God. It's what Jesus Christ did on your behalf. And you might need to just stop and surrender and say, God, I've done a lot of religious things, but I need you. It's all rubbish. God, I've been very rebellious. I've been following sin. I've been doing all the things that I can do, but it's all rubbish. Today is the day of salvation. Will you call on his name because he is calling you by grace? You can leave with a testimony today, with a former way of life, with a God-given purpose today. Will you? As the band comes, I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to let you know that I will be down front. Pastor Al will be down front. We'd love to talk to you. If you have questions, if you have concerns, if you, if you want to just have us pray with you, if you want to repent, if you want to fall on your face before God and say, today's the day of salvation, I need you. Don't let today pass. Thanks for listening. It is our prayer that this message has helped you grow in your walk with Christ. Please subscribe to hear new sermons each week.